Welcome to the Bunker Hill Cheesecast, brought to you by Heine's Cheese Chalet, a little place with big taste. I'm Missy Horsfall, Director of Tourism Relations. An article written by David Knox for Cleveland.com in 2019 states that the Amish made up about 40% of Holmes County, Ohio's population at that time. From 1980 through 2018, the population of the county increased by 49% and jobs increased nearly 200%. So what's the cause of economic success for an area that lacks four-lane highways and major rail systems to move its goods? Areas that thrive the most economically usually have companies that can take advantage of those resources to get their goods to market. They are also near large cities and universities and offer potential employees with high school and college degrees. Holmes County has the lowest percentage of high school and college graduates in the state, yet it continues to prosper above and beyond many counties in Ohio. The continued growth of jobs and low unemployment rate is driven by old-world values of hard work, quality of product, and a can-do attitude that are central to the Amish and Mennonite Foundation. The county is full of entrepreneurs that have begun small, many times out of their home or garage, and keep working until the business succeeds to warn a building of its own, and sometimes an even bigger building. Success has come not so much from dreaming big, but working hard and offering quality regardless of the size of business. Holmes County is homegrown, with the support of the surrounding area, and yes, even other businesses cooperating and working together because of their commitment to community and solidarity. The diverse economy is interconnected. Rather than a giant corporation coming from the outside and hiring, businesses are birthed and raised to success within the community, assisting one another by dealing with local businesses and exporting their products to other parts of the country. In this effort of working together, the Amish and non-Amish, or English, work side by side, encouraging each other towards not only individual success, but community success as well, with the idea that when one prospers, we all prosper. This type of cooperation filters through all of life here in Holmes County. If someone has a need, those who can help step in and provide for others. The old-fashioned barn raising, and yes, it is still done in this area, is a combined effort to meet the needs of neighbors, and that ideal reaches out to the farthest corners of the community, making this area of the country, in many ways, a true anomaly. My guest today is Tiffany Gerber, Executive Director of Holmes County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism Bureau. Welcome, Tiffany. Thanks, Missy. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you on this podcast. I've known you for several years now, but I originally met you when we were doing a conference in the area called Going on Faith, where we brought group leaders in. But you were not at Holmes County Chamber then. You were with another chamber. Is that correct? I was. I was with the Tuscarawas County uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau. Yeah. So uh, in a little different capacity there. I was in the group tour department, uh, so spent some time there and, and was glad to help with going on faith. Well, tell me a little bit about your background, because you've had years of tourism experience. Sure. So I was a teenager without a plan <laughs> and had an opportunity to go back to school through a wonderful career center. Um, was hired at the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Had no idea what a Convention and Visitors Bureau was. And 25 years later, I learned the ins and outs of, of everything having to do with marketing a destination, um, building consensus. So 25 years with Tuscarawas County. And, and did, when I left there, I was the second in command and decided to take a little detour into sales with one of our local amazing theaters. 
and then realized that destination marketing is in my blood and was fortunate, very fortunate to end up in Holmes County, which now I realize is where I was always meant to be. Oh, well, we are so thrilled to have you. We truly, truly are. And I've enjoyed working with you for these past few years and now in your role as executive director. I just see great things ahead. And it's been a difficult first year for you because of just the culture and what's happening right now. But I see some great changes ahead, which is good. And we, we've always had a wonderful Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Shasta Mass did a wonderful job. Her staff and her crew were wonderful to work with as well. But lots of changes have happened since then. I mean, I f- almost feel like the world has kind of turned on its head in some ways. But tourism is just as important now as it was then. It just looks a little different, I would say. I would absolutely agree with that. And we've been Luckier than most communities in that the type of tourism product we have is still less hectic. People feel safe here. People can drive here. We're not a fly-to destination, which made a huge difference when travel changed. And the product we have is just, it's, you know, Mm American-made, it's American values, and people still felt comfortable here. Yeah. You know, it's not Walt Disney World where there's crowds and crowds of people. And we do get a lot of visitors throughout the year, but there's not huge crowds. There's, it's more of a, a smaller group of family that comes or, you know, before it was some of our bus tours that came. And of course, those have slowed down as well. But the pace is slower. It just feels different here, I think. And that is very attractive to people who are feeling like, what happened to the world? You know, <laughs> what's going on? What the chaos that's happening right now? So I often think that visitors who come here feel a sense of peace, and I think it's ingrained in the area, and there's just a multitude of reasons for that. But the the culture here is different, and the pace of life is different. And yes, we have technology, but not near as much. Uh, Yes, we lead busy lives, so to speak, but we're often forced to slow down a little bit, which is good. And I think when our visitors come here, they appreciate that, and it's a respite for them. Absolutely. And we noticed this year more than ever our cabins, our cottages, Mm. you know, families wanted to, if they had to quarantine, they wanted to quarantine together, but maybe not at home. So we definitely saw people uh, think of us as their escape. Mm -hmm. This was their chance to still get away from their own house, their own daily lives or whatever challenges they were facing, but able to come here and, and still enjoy the area. We had more interest than ever in those back roads tours, mm-hmm. exploring the very small communities that aren't necessarily at the top of mind when you think of a destination. Yes. But it's now more than ever about the experience. Yeah, and I've often said there's tons to do on the 39, Route 39 corridor. I mean, you see lots of things you come in through each of these towns, you know, Sugar Creek and Walnut Creek and Berlin and Millersburg. There's tons to see and do there. But there's so much more off that corridor that people don't often think about. And so uh, I recommend a couple days in the area just to to go and discover on your own and see some of those things and just take the time to to settle into the pace of life here and to enjoy what's here. I want to I talk to you a little bit about uh, your background in, in Ohio tourism because that's where you've been and you've been in it for so long. Uh, and you mentioned that when you started in Tuscarawas, you didn't know what a Convention and Visitors Bureau was. So can you tell me what you found out? What is a Convention sure. Visitors Bureau? Sure. And I guess the correct term these days is Destination Marketing Organization. Okay. So that would be the Tourism Bureau portion of our Chamber of Commerce. And 
it truly is, well, first of all, it's a very uh, fulfilling position to have because your job is to tell people how great the place you live is. <laughs> so yeah. at the end of the day, um, the funding for most is very similar. Uh, there is a county lodging tax uh, that's collected from the visitors. Um, so it's kind of self-perpetuates. You market the, the area with, with the money you collect from the visitors, and then you continue to tell that story. But what I found was sometimes the hardest customers are the folks that live there. Oh, my, isn't that true? I mean, I can say that about myself, just thinking of the things I miss or people talk about something and I'll think, yeah, I've never gone there. And I live right here. I miss out, so to speak. And on a state level, the state of Ohio's tourism office, Tourism Ohio, in the last few years, they've really identified that Ohio is the best customer base for Ohio. Ohioans love Ohio. Ah. Traveling within state, I mean, that's our number one customer. You know, someone coming here to Amish country from Cleveland or Cincinnati or Toledo uh, or just over the border in some of our surrounding states, that is our, our biggest audience because Ohio is so diverse. The five identified regions in tourism are all diverse. You know, we have Appalachian counties. We have just farm areas. We have the big city experience. We've got pretty much everything but an ocean beach. Yeah. We do have the lakefront, though. We do have lakes. So we have beaches, just yes. not ocean beaches. Yes. When you look at the number of travelers that come into Ohio Amish country, which is very hard to quantify, we're visited as much as, you know, Cedar Point. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. happen to be seasonal. Yes. Uh, and But because Ohio offers that diversity, the state of Ohio has done an amazing job of recognizing how important we are as our own potential audience. But also, they've done a great job of taking that message out of state. Mm -hmm. When you look at the states around us, we don't quite spend as much in advertising. It would be great to see that change. Yeah. But we're not spending like a, like a Michigan is for a pure mm -hmm. Michigan campaign. And all things considered, we're still doing very well. We're in you know, the top 10 states as far as travel destinations. It's almost word of mouth. And I know it's much more than that. But it's the kind of thing where friends tell friends, you know. Oh, you have you been? We just went. You got to go. You need or let's go together or that kind of experiencing it and then passing it on and suggesting it to someone else. And I think that in itself is so authentic and builds its own kind of momentum where a big advertising campaign would be great. But it, it does work for Ohio because people do enjoy being here. And we are where we're at, the pace is slow and maybe more quaint, but we are so close to so many other things that if that's not all your bag, then just travel down the road and hit the wineries or the, you know, the local breweries or, or go a little further and see the Football Hall of Fame. Or, you know, there's a lot to do from this area in a day trip or half a day trip. And we are, you know, we are right in the center of it all. So that, that makes it, I feel like, where I work is in the center of it all, where you work is in the center of it all, and then, then going outward, just lots of, like you said, there's so many diverse things to do and things you don't think about. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day. We have an escape room. Well, that's odd because we don't even have a, like in the little town of Berlin, we don't have a Walmart, but we have an escape room, a magic theater. Uh, I mean, many things people don't think about. So I often encourage people, dig a little deeper or, you know, call the chamber, which is really an awesome thing to do because your staff is very well versed in what's available, what's here, where people could go. And they do a great job with that, welcoming visitors, I think. So kudos to you and your staff. Oh, thank you so much. And, and it's wonderful because I have an entire staff of locals. I'm the transplant. Ah, yeah. So yeah. They, they've all uh, been born and raised here. 
and you know they're from different parts of the county so they do a fantastic job of talking about their little favorites or the unknown thing part of our marketing strategy for this coming year is even talking about you may know us for the traditional Amish experience but there's so much more Mm. we have boutique shopping we have outdoor rec we have um, you know, there's a, a 36 hole mini golf course coming to Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yep. But it's going to be complementary to the area. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just look like something's just been stuck in for yeah. an experience. But younger generations need something to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is one of the things that I've seen over the years that has we've thought more of in, in terms of becoming a tourist destination is what are people going to do at night? Because, you know, it is very quiet right here, but you don't have to travel far to find things to do in the evening or to do on a Sunday. Coshocton's close by. They have things on Sunday. Uh, some places are now opening up on Sunday. So they, I feel like through the course of the years, things have changed and not in a drastic way, but in a good way, in a gradual way that makes it good for us and good for our visitors, if that makes sense. Oh, sure. And we see on a daily basis, I see it changing. I was just put in contact with a gentleman who owns an e-bike rental business. Oh, wow. And that's becoming quite popular. People yeah. from the larger cities are coming down renting e-bikes, and exploring the area on electric bicycles. You know, I think that's kind of almost nationwide. I had a a friend who was traveling out west, and she did that out there, and I thought, e-bikes? I know all about e-bikes. I wouldn't have if I didn't live in this area. You know, it was a new thing for her, but it was like, oh, no, we know what that is. I mean, we're kind of maybe, so to speak, backwater, but not really. Maybe we're on the cutting edge. I don't don't know. And, you know, we have zip lining. If yes. you look at the western part of Holmes County, you know, we're part of that that greater Mohican mm-hmm. area. So people on a Sunday get outside. Yeah. I mean there's, you know, plenty to, to Canoeing see. Canoeing and, and hiking and oh all kinds of things. Yeah. Sure. And as far as nighttime, I think a lot of local people had the foresight to put, you know, we have two wonderful theaters that offer evening entertainment mm-hmm. as well as matinees. I, I think that was very forward thinking to make sure that that entertainment option would be available and we're looking for that to grow but again we want we don't want to lose track of who we are yes so we want to do smart growth yes I believe that's true because we don't want to lose the sense of community the sense of a small town so to speak where you're connected to one another Uh, I mean cities are great but that's a city we're not a city we don't want to become a city and we don't want to become we want to be a tourist destination without being a Disneyland, so to speak. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, and there's nothing wrong with Disneyland, don't get me wrong, or wherever it is you're going. But we're different, and we want to keep, we want to keep us different the way we are. I think what makes us the most unique is that the tourism product, first of all, it generates just as much economic activity as our manufacturing. And we have some very strong manufacturing. It's recognized, you know, our leaders in the community recognize the importance of tourism. That's a huge step forward. You know, there are some areas where it's not recognized Mm -hmm. as part of the economic engine that drives the community. Um, The other thing is we, you know, as we shift and change, there's two words that we still hear quite often, be it on our social media, or folks calling our office. It's authentic and safe. Mm. We hear that so, so frequently. People appreciate that they can come here and, and learn about another culture and do it respectfully. They appreciate that the folks from the playing community are willing to share their story, open their homes, you know, share their cottage businesses. That's an important part of the experience because it's not about making money. It's about sharing their faith and making a living 
but also, you know, embracing visitors and, yeah. and being appreciative of their curiosity. Yes. That says a lot about our area, that our, our plain folk are welcoming to I, visitors. I would totally agree with that. I feel like it is a welcoming area and people welcome visitors. They welcome questions. They, they enjoy dialoguing and conversing with others and meeting other people and you know, just as our visitors find out about a new culture here, as visitors come in, we find out, out about their culture where they live as we, as we converse and have a conversation together. And that experience, I think, is good for all of us in the sense that now when I travel and, and go to a new place, I think about the tourists that come here and what they're looking for and how, you know, we feel as quote unquote locals and them coming in and what we want to give them. And it, it translates as we go and see other places, too. At least for me, it does. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you say about the culture in the area, the Amish Mennonite culture, that is so, it is so open and giving and welcoming in so many ways. And as you said, as, as tourists come in and they respect that culture, as they ask questions and they want to know, they're happy to answer those questions. And that makes a, a really unique and wonderful kind of dialogue when two cultures can kind of meet. And, and experience each other. I think one of the most important parts of our tourism story is the Amish and Mennonite Heritage Center, that we do have that point. Visitors that come to our office and say, we want to learn, we have mm -hmm. questions. We are so blessed to have, and it's a neighbor yes. of yours, yes. Um, to have this facility that not only tells you the entire story of the founding of the Anabaptist movement to modern day uh, quality of life and, and daily life, but you can ask those questions. Yes. That, that's what they're there for. They mm -hmm. want you to be educated. They want visitors to know um, how they worship, how mm -hmm. they live, mm -hmm. uh, how they interact with family and the community, where they connect. I've learned more in the year that I've been here than I ever could have imagined. Uh, and uh, Marcus Yoder, who is the director at the center, is just amazing. And he's so honest when he talks about, he really draws it together. You know, he talks about the three major principles, faith, family, and community. Hearing him explain it just made everything connect for me. I totally agree with that. And when you have that conversation, and this is probably true for any new culture for you that you go into. I mean, whether you're coming from, you live in the North and you go to the South or you wear whatever culture it might be. When you have an understanding of where they're coming from, it's just a wonderful light bulb moment for, I think, those who are seeking to understand someone else or to find a connection with them or a common ground. When I understand, you know, those three points of connection, faith, family, and community, I connect right to that. Now, I may not live like they do, but the reason why they live the way they do has a reason behind it. And then suddenly I can connect with the way they live and have an understanding of what that's like. And I totally agree with you. The Amish Mennonite Heritage Community Center, it's a wonderful place on many different levels for many different reasons. And Marcus is one of them. And he is, he's highly educated from the area, went, went away, went to school, came back. Went to Yale. Yes. And yet we have him. He's like a jewel in the community. It's something that you could, you could turn to. Uh, and he has done so much, I think, for not only the center, but the area and it's a fascinating place. They have the circularama, the, so you can see the paintings and understand the background of it. They also have a schoolhouse set up, so you can kind of go in. So it's it's also experiential, and I think that's true in tourists today, what they're looking for. Would you say that? Absolutely. There are different economies that have been identified, and we are still in what they call the experience economy. People don't want to just go to a museum and, and look at stuff. Mm -hmm. They want to feel and touch and smell and hear the story behind it. and you know, if you go to an art museum, they want to know 
how was this picture brought to this museum and and what is the life story of the artist and oh by the way here do you want to look at one up close with some white gloves on it's really about immersing yourself and having that experience Um, I think the most fascinating thing at the center for me was they actually go through the different types of buggies and the carts oh yeah and that really was a great lesson for me learning you know oh this is you know, here's all the items they need for church. And it's a it's this cart that goes home to home. You know, that was fascinating. But I think what really drove it home for me was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was, it's not about living a plain life. It's about living a life that doesn't distract from family, faith, and community. And that's what I often use now to describe to other people who are trying to understand the culture, because that makes so much sense. That's their focus. Everything else falls away from that. That makes perfect sense. I mean, when you think about it, many people live their life that way, whether they've thought about it consciously or not. You know, we all have priorities in life. We've made priorities. And if we want to change them, if we don't like what we have, then we have to change them. But for them, they, they have a very specific focus, and they, they've kept that focus and will continue to keep that focus. So, so change does come to our area, but it comes slower, and I think it comes with more intentionality. I think the people that come to the area get to see that, and they have that feeling of stepping back into the past, but also the past living, you know, along with the modern. I always said for our company, until recently, we had one foot stuck in the 20th century, you know, uh, because many of our, our workers were Amish, and so they didn't use technology. So a lot of things that we did were kind of old school, and some of that has changed now, but it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a different thing. And so I think visitors who come kind of see that and get to experience that just a little bit. I had a conversation recently with someone who told me they used to be Amish, and one of the things they missed was riding in the buggy. And you'd think, oh, that's so slow. It just, you know, in my way. But they also saw a lot of things. Right. It slowed it down and, yep. it, you know, enjoyed the outdoors. Yep. You know, and that's for us, when you look at the types of businesses we have, um, you know, we have. Amish folks here that are making furniture that goes out worldwide, mm-hmm. uh, that furnishes restaurants and hotel chains, and because the quality is here, and it all goes back to those their roots. You know, folks that may even leave the Amish community, um, and you know, really be become part of the Mennonite community or, or stay in the area. You know, we have so many leaders of industry here with an eighth grade education. It's incredible, isn't it? It really, truly yes. is when you think about it. But their mindset and their, their work ethic alone Absolutely. is unparalleled, it truly is. Hard work is part of their nature and, and born into them. If they're going to do something, they're going to do it well because they're going to do their, their very best job. Because that's part of their faith. That's part of their, their community. That's part of, of what they have had instilled in them and are continuing to instill in, in their children and the generations that come. And that's unusual, I think, in today's age. So that's another thing that's different here for a lot of people that come. When I, when I came here, when I started working at the chamber, uh, someone had asked me a few months in, you know, what have you observed? What have you learned? And I, I told them, you know, the two things that struck me most, and I have worked in other amazing communities, but, but the unique things here were the amount of uh, philanthropy, um, the deep pockets, when, mm. it, when everybody has, everybody, you know, helps out be it financially or or volunteering 
when there's a need in the community, there's either a, a group of folks who will come together and address that need, or there's already something in place to take care of that need. That impressed me so much. Um, the other thing that impressed me is, and especially from the tourism side, we truly believe here that a rising tide raises all ships. I was so impressed with just the nature of how everyone works together. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone recognizes that we just got to get folks in the county. They'll come in your door, but, mm -hmm. you know, we've got to work together to get them here first. And I see that on the manufacturing side, too. So many of our most successful manufacturers are successful because their suppliers are also here. The innovation in the Amish community and not in the Amish community of meeting the needs of, of the furniture makers. So mm -hmm. th there are whole industries that have grown up in this area just to supply the other industries. <laughs> you know, our supply chain is shorter than other places. Mm -hmm. So, you know, another reason we've weathered the pandemic fairly well is because we were able to kind of take care of our own and look inward. That was important. And support one another in whatever it is we do, the businesses, the community itself, People in need, all of it together, working together. And that's part of that community. That, and it truly is a community. I'm an outsider myself. I haven't been here that long. Born and raised in other areas. But I've lived in this area long enough now and specifically worked in Holmes County itself. I don't live in Holmes County. I live in Tuscarawas, not far away. But I've been embraced by the culture, I feel, for me personally. And I feel like tourists who come have that same experience. And I appreciate that about this area, as you've said, that they basically open their arms and they welcome you. So listeners, if you have questions, go to the chamber, the Holmes County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism Bureau. You can find them on the internet and you'll find Tiffany. You'll find her great staff if you have questions. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I could talk for hours more with you, Missy. This was great. Okay. Well, Sorry. maybe we'll do it again sometime. Okay. Sounds good. And now it's time for Did You Know? Did you know that Ohio is home to the only Nebraska Amish located outside of Pennsylvania? While there are Amish in Nebraska, the group known as Nebraska Amish are named after a bishop from Nebraska. It is a more strict group of Amish known as Old School Amish. Much like the Old Order Amish and Schwarzentruber Amish, this group of Nebraska Amish is one of the most conservative, sometimes called white toppers due to their white top buggy. They are based mainly in Pennsylvania with a small settlement in Ohio. Ohio has nearly 60,000 Amish spanning over 430 church districts and 52 settlements. The Amish in the Holmes County area, which spreads into the neighboring counties of Wayne, Stark, Tuscarawas, Coshocton, Knox, and Ashland is the largest Amish settlement with 30,000 Amish in 227 church districts. Geauga County, Ohio comes in second with over 80 districts. There are also several small Amish communities throughout the rest of the state, making Ohio the home of the largest number of Amish congregations in the nation. And now you know. 